confirmed that it is. Her swimming costume is red, a red so bright she is as vivid as a scarlet poppy when she walks out from the changing room. The colour is unexpected, almost startling. Her work clothes are usually muted, neutrals and greys, and sometimes a blue that is almost black. Occasionally her lips are red, the only clue that would suggest her choice of swimming costume. When they are, I find it hard to look directly at her as she speaks, instead focusing on her temple or her hairline or the space beyond her. She wears blouses that are cleverly tailored and which have neat little tucks and seams and move entirely with her. A seamstress would understand the mechanics of that. I do not, but recognise that they are pieces she must have chosen with care and insight. Eliza walks to the poolside shower, tilts back her head and momentarily lets the water drench her. She shivers as it touches her skin. The act of observing her, even though in a public place, seems an intrusion. She pauses momentarily by the deep end of the pool and leans to look out of the window at the street below. The snow, which began thawing earlier, has continued to do so and the pavement is slushy with gritty melt. It is much warmer than yesterday, unseasonably so. She won't need to wear the coat with the high lambskin collar that she wore on the way from the airport. From her cupped palm, Eliza produces goggles, which she snaps on with a surprisingly practised hand, licking her fingertip and quickly tracing the lens. She blows out through her lips, rises to her tiptoes, lifts her arms above her head and stretches. Anna and the boys look up at me from my iPhone screensaver. Isaac is standing next to Anna in the garden, his hands held behind him like a soldier standing to attention. I look at the photo fixedly to navigate myself back to them. Anna is smiling, but seeing her freshly in the clean Swiss light of this calm and neat breakfast room, it occurs to me that it is a grim, stoical smile which ends at the corners of her lips and is firmly staunched by the clamped press of her jaw. Teddy is on her lap his head spooled back on her collarbone. Time for a quick chat? Her response is instant. What do you think? Perhaps I should send an emoji with a downturned mouth and a question mark beside it. Perhaps then she would respond. Likely it is just one of those mornings and she is best left alone. She has said many times, just let me get on. My gaze is drawn again to Eliza, who dips her chin to her chest and dives in. Without pause, she begins to swim an efficient crawl, her hands meeting momentarily at the front of her reach, so that she seems to spear effortlessly between strokes. Her body skates through the water. I should text my assistant and confirm the time of today's flight back from Geneva. The 10am meeting should not overrun. Most of what was required was successfully completed yesterday. Eliza, at the boardroom table, going through the PowerPoint presentation her grey eyes fixed purposefully on the client. I make the image of her dissolve, as if it is occluded by blotches of snow. The waitress appears with the breakfast menu, which is loaded with waffles, pancakes, viennoiserie. Just an Americano, please. Am I only a heartbeat away from sitting here old and unfit, instead of forty-two and in reasonable shape? The other guests at the hotel are mostly the former, Perhaps the pool was built next to the breakfast room as a kind of subliminal taunt. Eliza is still swimming, completing each length with a neat turn, her hand outstretched to touch the pool wall. I'm reading a newspaper when she arrives beside me, dressed in a skirt that is possibly blue, possibly grey. It is hard to call it. 
She has on a jacket cut exactly to the curve of her body, which is somehow clearer to me now that I have seen her in her swimsuit. The waitress appears again. A flat white and some virtue muesli, please. Eliza's hair looks perfectly dry and is secured into some kind of chignon with a curved pin that has a small flurry of seed pearls in its tip. It's only when she reaches forward to return the menu to the waitress that it becomes visible. One small damp curl stuck to the palest skin at the side of her neck, just behind and below her ear. I turn away, guilty with the noticing. Anna I've lost count of the times I've said, don't text first thing. It's not that I don't understand the inclination, can't remember perfectly, in fact, the impulse to do so. Arriving early for a meeting, grabbing a coffee in a cafe or sitting in a bland hotel lobby waiting for a taxi. The